Hello, welcome back to Pro Try News. We are here to provide the most up-to-date results, drama, and information on the professional triathlon field. Again, these are opinion-based, uh, not meant to take to the bank and put on black in Vegas. I'm Kyle Glass. Today I'm joined by Harry Kane's biggest fan, Mark Matthews. Uh, hey, Kyle. <laughs> and the fire starter, Talbot Cox. How we keeping? Chelsea Burns not joining us today. She's conducting our second wave of interviews for the Olympics. She's with Taylor Nib and Jordan, Joanna Brown this week. And Pat is on a super secret mission. Some would say maybe um, soul searching in the mountains. So, um, Mark, I don't think you really celebrated 4th of July, but we celebrated 4th of July and it was fantastic. Did you have a good weekend, did you? Yeah, it was great. Talbot set off a bunch of fireworks, almost set the whole country on fire. That's the goal. Classically American. And yeah, to give context to the Harry Kane comment, um, we've had to delay recording this. It's 11 o'clock here at night in the UK, but the UK, or England rather, just got through to the European Cup football final. So the guys kindly let me watch that before we recorded. <laughs> Speaking of fireworks, uh, nothing like a good weekend when your uh, wife wins an Ironman by 22 minutes. Yeah, hey, successful weekend for Kat, that's for sure. So shall we roll into Ironman UK then, shall we? Now you've teed yeah. us up. Yeah, let's it. roll into it. So You want to go yeah, go through results real quick and then I got some questions for you. Go for it. Yeah, so uh first place Joe Skipper who ran himself to the win uh with a 2:41 run. He was like 13 minutes down off the bike. Sam Laidlow who I picked for the win. He crumbled on the last lap of the run. He came in second. And then Leon Chevalier almost caught him to hold the third place. I think you'll recognise all those names from my predictions. So pretty proud of that. But Joe, I'll tell you about in a bit. Women's race, Kat Matthews won it uh, with Nikki Bartlett in third and and Chantel Cummings in third. So far away with the questions if you want, Carl, because I had a hell of a weekend there. My number one question is Kat raced the bike course on a road bike with clip-on aero bars. Yeah, she raced it on a BMC Time Machine aero road bike, um, which has kind of blown the internet up, or certainly our little sphere of the internet. Uh, It's a slow course, it's hilly, it's twisty, the weather's always awful, the road's terrible, potholes everywhere, and there's an awful lot of climbing. It's quite like an Ardennes or a a Flanders classic cycling race if you're a cycling fan. Um, And it wasn't an A race for Kat necessarily, so if you can take a gamble, she chose to take it on this course. Um, she also is more confident in the descending on it and um, it allowed us to do like very simple nutrition strategy it has built-in bottles etc so yeah she went for it did it pay off well she won um, so there's always that but you can't really tell from that what you can tell from is it's the closest in percentage wise she's ever been to the men Um, so by comparison it was a really a really good decision yeah Um, the weather though mate was horrendous torrential rain for most of the day it was really grim um it was an exciting race in the men's field because our boy that had sam laidlow who i've bigged up a lot he built up a monster lead off the bike and he held it till about 30k and then the wheels fell off the truck horrendously bless him and joe skipper ran a 241 to catch him which this is not tulsa this is not a fast run this is a genuinely hilly twisty wet cobblestone run and he ran 241 it's the best run i've seen all day all year maybe after cats and it wasn't it wasn't the course wasn't short no 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 definitely not short if anything long right. look on look on strava cat strava there's all sorts it honestly ridiculous run from skipper i i will say though he listens to the show guys it turns out 
And as he ran past me on the run course, he pointed at me dead in the face because he told me he was going to win and then I predicted Sam Laidlow was going to win. He pointed at me dead in the face and said, I effing told you so. I effing told you I was on form. And then he ran off. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. He's but so good. It is, a good note to make of it, his performance is, it was pretty chilly in Florida and he had a great race. From what I remember, it was pretty, like, cool weather in florida when he raced ironman in florida it was pretty chilly here and he had a phenomenal race but it was i guess it was this kind of same weather in in tulsa is it just like he's just on really good form right now yeah i I think um he just comes he comes from so far back in the swim that tulsa with that swim that pack you had up the road he suffered the same as sam long does you know it's an impossible catch almost Whereas here, with the field being so messed up by the hills and a weaker field generally, he he has the opportunity to show that bike run combo. Bike run combo, he holds the world record for, I think, um, in terms of the the fastest bike run combo. He's a super consistent runner. Um, so yeah, maybe weather as well. He comes from you know England, so he's used to that kind of weather. And we might find out what's the weather going to be like in Lake Placid because the madman tells me that he's going to come and race Lake, race Lake Placid as well. He is on the start Skipper. list that just came out. Yeah, Joe Skipper's Skipper. 80% sure he's going to race Lake Placid. He's going to see how he feels in seven more days, and then he's going to come race Lake Placid. That's in two weeks from today. He's a madman. Wow. Does he just love Ironman racing? Because I remember that's when he made a name for himself as Ironman Texas, uh, like five years ago, roughly. Yeah, I, so I love his reply. He said, it's what we train for. What's the point in training if you don't go and race? There's no real moral motivation to it than that. He just just likes racing. What a great answer. Yeah, that that is. A, he, he must rack up a lot of sky miles. That guy is back and forth across the pond like every weekend. Yeah, he, he does like to travel with his work, doesn't he? And before we we yeah. finish on um, Ironman UK, can I just give a big up to... There's a, there's a girl that's an uber fan of our show called Neris Jones, who's a tiny little English girl, and she managed to run a whole lap with Kat... Um, as they're friends and they bumped each other on the course. So big up yourself, Neris Jones, qualifying for Kona. Well done, mate, and thanks for listening. Wow, congrats. Kona, the dream. Uh, The other race this weekend was the Outlaw Half. Uh, I do know that Reese Barclay was racing in that. I need to get back with him. He's probably going to listen to this. Sorry, I haven't texted you back. Uh, I don't really know what happened to him on his race, but Ruth took away the women's race, Mark. Yeah, Ruth Astle bagged the win, um, which is her first pro win, and she won pretty comfortably, uh, which is great to see because she's a good friend of the of the show of triathlon world in general. She's a great girl, Ruth Astle. So yeah, she bagged the win, and you'll remember the name James Teagle. We've talked about him a couple of weeks ago for winning Gdansk. He won the men's race. And, and touching on Reese, Reese put a great post up. He basically said, I was 17 minutes quicker here than I was three years ago. And I can't even get on the podium now. The standard has moved on that much. No excuses, just really acknowledging how far racing has come. Um, but not much else to talk about in that race. Yeah, one one thing, one comment I do want to make on Ruth before ahead of Ironman Tulsa. Sam Long had rolled up on Ruth and they were riding next to each other for a second. Yeah. And <laughs> Sam, Ruth has like the most insane calves in the world. They're like... She could crush you with them. No wonder she's so good on the bike. And uh, Sam Long's look like little teeny little calves compared to hers. It was amazing. We'll post a picture. We'll post a picture online on the uh, on the Instagram account. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, she's got and, some and it's, legs. And it was just funny because Sam calls himself the strongest legs in triathlon. 
Brilliant. Yeah, no, Ruth's a little pocket rocket. 70.3 Andorra. Uh, Cam Worf decided he wanted to come out and race. Unfortunately, he came out of the water about six minutes adrift from uh, the other guys, so he he faltered and got came home with third place. First place, ooh, Clement. I was going to say Mignon. Yeah, like that Filet sounds Mignon. Right. Mignon. Yeah. All right, all right. Normally, I'll leave, I'll leave the European names to you. Oh, you're normally know. pretty that, good about that's them. That's such a bad decision, but go on. Second place, uh, Michelle Sariza. And for the women's race, Ellie goes five for five. One has won the last five 70.3s she's done. So I saw somewhere that she's won like 25 70.3s. I mean, I don't know how many other wow. like, females have won that many races, but that that is a lot. And we chatted on the on the podcast before the race was... Is, is someone from the Asia-Pacific area going to come over here and finally show some form? And, I mean, I think Ellie did just that. I mean, she had an incredible race. Actually almost caught Cam Worth in transition. That would have been the most incredible thing ever if she could have done that. But, yeah, she really ran away with it. And it was a hard course. If you look at the times, the times are relatively, I, I'm not going to say slow, but, like, for a 70.3, when you look at the times, it's like that course must have been brutal. Yeah, Andorra. I didn't look at the actual course, but Andorra is not flat, so that doesn't surprise me at all. So hats off to uh, hats off to our winners there. Uh, seventy point three. The You're gonna say it because I'm not. The Seventy point three. The Sabs. Yeah. What do we have on the results for the Sabs? We have first place was Mika Nunt. Second place, Rudy Von Berg. Third place, Ivan Giraj. And then on the women's race, first place, Anne Reichman. Second place, Julie Ilma- oh. Lamolo. Ilmalo. Yeah. And third place, Charlene Clavel. Yeah, no relation to Morris Clavel, I don't think. Um, no, no uh, relation. No, in that race, again, Rudy Von Berg has been doing a lot of racing, hey. is is worth touching yeah, on. I think he's making the most of his trip over here. It would make sense, mm-hmm. you know, rather than flying for one race, why not bag a few in quite close weeks and then fly home? Um, so consistent. But uh, Mika Nut, who won, um, absolutely destroyed him on the run. So it was a pretty convincing win. And uh, Anna Reichman's a lovely, lovely girl, German athlete. And, um, yeah, she took a pretty convincing win as well with the fastest run of the day. Ironman Lanzarote was probably the highlight of my weekend. There was no one that I loved more than Michelle Vesterby, and to see that she came off the bike in contention um, and she began to run, uh, to see her come away with the win, I couldn't have been more excited. I love Michelle and Klaus so much, so congratulations to her. But not only that, also Laura Sadal, she has done so much for the sport of uh, triathlon. She works very closely with the Challenge family, just so to see her up there... uh, Back on the podium again at an Ironman event is pretty awesome. So hats off to her for sure, for sure. Um, do you do you know what happened to Nick Castellan? Uh No, I don't know what happened to Nick Castellan. He sort of disappeared on the bike, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never ended up looking at his uh, Instagram or anything like that. But uh, I do know that uh, it's Boris on your squad. Oh, it's not my squad. Um, th- Boris is coached by the same guy that coaches Cat. Yeah, um, Boris Stein. Got, so Andy Boucher got first. Boris Stein took second. Matt Trotman third, and uh, Christian Hogenhag fourth. 
Um, I only go down to fourth on this one because did you see Christian Hogenhart blow the bike up? He's a BMC athlete and he um, at one point he had an eight-minute lead on the bike and he crumbled horrendously, basically, come the run. Um, he hung on for fourth, though, which is the Kona slot, but I loved his Instagram where he basically said, I didn't show this bike course the respect it deserved, clearly. Um, he basically went full-blown hell for leather for 120k, was putting time into the likes of Boris Stein like it was going out of fashion, and then the, the fireworks went off and he crawled home. But he got his Kona slot out of it. Andy Boucher was a, a, the by far the strongest athlete of the day. He won by almost eight minutes. Um, he'd given himself a lead over Boris Stein out of T2 already, and uh, he just extended that with a solid 246. It's a really hard race, Ironman Lanzarote. 8.34 there with the amount of climbing. Is, is a really impressive time. And Boris Stein has had so many bad luck injuries. It's awesome to see him bag a qualification slot as well. Um, yeah, and in the women's side, it'll be uh, Laura Siddle and uh, Vesterby have bagged theirs as well. And congratulations to Boris. Yeah, like you said, getting his Kona slot. I mean, I would say every, pretty much every contender except the two Canadians, uh, Cody Beals and Lionel, are qualified for Kona I mean I don't know who else wouldn't be qualified no there's uh, most of the big names are I mean there's there's talk of Christian Blumenfeld coming and doing Copenhagen is it after the Olympics if he doesn't win the Olympics but is that going to happen Carl would you reckon I I have heard a lot of talk that the Norwegians will be heading to Copenhagen or they will be heading to Frankfurt but I heard that it was uh they will all be heading to Frankfurt because they want to race together and there's more than one slot and I could be wrong but I think there's only one slot at Copenhagen. That makes sense. That makes sense. But uh Gustav already has a slot via winning 70.3 Worlds in 2019. So he already has a slot for Kona. Got you. So it's really only Christian that needs a slot and I don't know if Casper Storns is going to go and try and go for that. But, but of course, if one of them wins the Olympics as well. So if one of them wins the Olympics, they get a slot too, don't they? Isn't it the current Olympic winner gets a Kona slot? Is that the rules? I think so. It certainly used to be. I think it was one of the clauses. I'll, we'll I'll, have du- to I'll double check. But circle back on that. That's that wild. I never heard that before. I, hey. I, I do know that Gustav is wanting to... It, it will be racing Kona, and he wants to give everyone a run for their money or go out there and uh, at least test the waters. So only time That's will, insane. Uh, will tell on that. Well, I guess it would make sense for Christian to want to go just from the standpoint of him being on the Sub-7 Phoenix team. So um, it would make sense for him to want to do an Ironman in prep of getting ready for that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be wild. So, races this weekend, um, kind of a busy weekend. There's four smaller, I would say kind of smaller races. We have 70.3 Ecuador happening, uh, 20 men, 9 women. Um, we have Kevin Collington, Jackson Laundry, Nick Chase, uh, Colin Chantelaire, and then the women, Kelsey Withrow, Sarah Crowley, Brittany Higgins, um, and then a lot of other uh, kind of South American um, folks and then also we have uh the tizzy cup happening in europe with natalie vancouverden who kind of got snubbed on the australian triathlon team and uh beth potter going and racing those races um no big names on the men's side for tizzy also have long beach cup um it is to our understanding that that's going to be the la 2028 olympics course um on the start list currently tyler mislachuk matt sharp who were announced this morning as the Canadian uh, Olympic team. 
Also, from America, Chase McQueen, Austin Hyman, Matt McElroy, Dar Smith. Um, and then on the women's side, Tamara Gorman and Kristen Casper. What terrible marketing for that event. I, I, I literally, I would say I'm a pretty big triathlon fan, and I had no idea that there was a World Cup going on yeah, in so America it, this weekend. So It's branded as a legacy try, so there's an age group race happening as well. And then the actual there's an actual cup race. So I assume within the next two to three years, it will be probably on the WTS grid for um, the USA. So after Chicago, there was no real WTS races in the U.S. And then they'll be coming back, going to Long Beach, just south of L.A. And then there's a standard New York City triathlon, and Ben Knut and Jason West will be uh, racing that. So... Big weekend in ahead. Uh, one thing that uh, came out this week was the Australian triathlon team, who essentially is the team who took, well, I don't want to say took, but took the two slots from the uh, or the men's slot from the men's team. So, yeah, they announced their team. Yep, their team is, uh, they got three men, three women. Obviously, the last weekend of the qualification, they stole the U.S. US spot from the U.S. from the third American for the male side. And then also they announced their triathlon team. I guess this could be considered the hot take is uh, Natalie being snubbed by the Australian triathlon team. It was no surprise that Ashley Gentle is on the team. I think they were all already confirmed. Um, Jazz Hedgelin, I think, also deserved that slot. Um... I'm not going to say that Emma Jeff Jeffcoat did not deserve it, but um, picking a domestique rather than someone that's put them in contention on a lot of uh, championship racing has is definitely a, uh, a slap in the face. So, um, unfortunately, we're not the ones making the decisions, and we Talbot and I both know Natalie pretty well. So, uh, obviously, we have a soft spot in our heart for her and and the decision that they made, um, but. It looks like all of the teams have been announced now with Australia and Canada announcing this week who they will be selecting. I think, though, that the re- one of the reasons why Natalie was not selected is she would take away more from Ashley Gentle's race than she would help. Yeah. So Natalie would probably Push have a swim. good swim and be up there towards the front, which would make it harder for their only gold medal contender to get a slot. So that's what I would say why... Essentially, she wasn't selected. So, and the big surprise—well, I wouldn't say big surprise—but Aaron Royal getting selected for his second Olympic team um, after his performances this year. Uh, I don't know that he's finished a WTS race. This I year. don't know. I'm falling asleep talking about this because so. I really don't care. <laughs> points. We love. PTO we love. Points. We love our. We love all. Our, all of our Australian Aaron listeners. Ray, That's why man. we want to hit on it. PTO points, Mark. What are your thoughts on the current PTO point system? Uh, it's such a talking point, isn't it, across social media at the moment? And I, I kind of want to get out there early on that I, the, the guy behind this, and there's a couple, the, the, one of the main leader is, is Thorsten, isn't it, from Tri Ratings, who, if you're a triathlon fan, you basically love his website, Tri Ratings. It's been around long before the PTO. He does every stat. It, it gives you literally everything you need to know about every athlete, every race course. It analyzes it in such depth. He does it for no money. He does the pre-Kona report, which every pro pretty much gets and then donates because it gives you such good information. So whilst we want to bash this system, 
I really want to just say thank you to Thorsten for all the work he's done towards it because we all want to criticize it, but I haven't got a better idea. You know, I, I, I don't know how to make this work. And I don't know about you, but I, or I've not heard a better solution. All I've heard is people saying things like, and they're normally right, by the way, things like, how come Lucy Charles only scored 89 points here when so-and-so scores 105 points there? The problem is, is on the surface of it, you, it just doesn't look right sometimes. Some of these smaller races scoring huge points and some of these amazing athletes going to big races and scoring not many points. So far, all I will all I will say on the issue is I don't think a point system for triathlon is working at the moment. I don't know about you, but that's kind of where I stand on the whole thing. Where I'm at is... I feel like there needs to be some sort of point bonuses or averages come out if you break a course record or if you are the fastest in each of the disciplines. So like fastest swimmer gets a certain amount of extra points or whatever. The, the Whoever sets the bike course record, if they set it in that race or if they're first off the bike, I feel like they should get a certain amount of points. Like there needs to be a way that they can gauge I, I obviously don't have the solution. Yeah. These are just things that I've thought of over the last couple of weeks. Um, Sam Long put out a great post. He said, I 100% support PTO. I 100% support this, but this, the system, it's not broken, but it is not really solved. Yeah, and like we all suffer from so many biases naturally in the world. Everyone suffers from biases, you know, confirmation bias, whatever it might be. And so as soon as the athlete you support, or yourself if you're an athlete, you see your points, you're almost always disappointed. Every athlete, they, they think they're better than that. They think they deserve more points than that. I mean, the, the quarter lane points, I looked at those and thought pretty fair. But, but that's because I'm not emotionally invested in any of those athletes. And I, I looked at them compared to Tolstra and I thought, that seems about right. But if you're one of those athletes or you're someone that supports that, there's outcry and there's outrage. And I, I've been outraged by some of them, and I've spoke to Thorsten about it and picked his brains on it. I think they're trying really hard. My issue is that it doesn't favour good races against good fields. You can score loads of points to go and, you know, say Lucy went and tore up that outlaw race at the weekend, she could drop 105 points if the course, you know, she just destroyed it. But she's not beating anyone. She's not doing anything impressive against someone else. And racing is head-to-head -head battles. It is winning the race is what's more important, not winning the race by 12, 22, 24 minutes, like whatever they're doing. I think they should award more points to big championship races and then have tiers of racing with points available. But that's just me. Right. So based on the field. So if you have like the number one athlete, which is Danielle Reef, and she's racing the number 240-something athlete who gets second place, obviously there's going to be a large margin of victory versus yeah. if she was racing number one versus number three or number one versus number five. Yeah, and I, and it's just not exciting to me. If someone scores 110 points at a race, they win by 25 minutes because I've never heard of the race and I've never heard of anyone else in the race. I'm not impressed by their 125 points, if that makes sense. Whereas if you awarded more points for, say, world championships for the top level and then regional championships for the level below that, and then you could maybe do it by prize purse after that i don't know and there's no this is there's no thought behind this is what i'm almost trying to get at we're just spitballing ideas whereas thorsten and his team spent a long time coming up with this system and even they couldn't make it work so i don't i just i personally don't believe points over a year works in triathlon it's not i golf. think that that everything the system they built is an incredible system my biggest thing that i think the biggest flaw is 
is they pick the average time or the time that they think would be like the good time. And no professional athlete is involved in that picking that time. And that's a big issue. I think that after the race, there needs to be a committee that sits down after each race, get the PTO committee, get two or three athletes on board and be like, all right, uh, 70.3 Ecuador was on this weekend. This is the impressive time that we that the system has it at. Should we adjust this plus or minus? Because that will adjust the points. So for, I think that, yeah, that so would they be... Do, they do do that minus the athlete bit. So they do look at yes, but they should like, they should add an athlete though, or or they should or the they race. should add transparency. No. So the transparency other w- or an athlete. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're like they're all about this is the this is the professional triathlon organization. The pros are involved in all these decisions makings and all that. And there's a lot of pros really upset about this. And if they want to be upset about this, I think they should form a committee that meets with these people to pick those times going into the race. Kind of wow. like what Lucy was pretty vocal about. Yeah. Her 70.3 uh, Elsinore or whatever. She said that time that they put on there would have been physically impossible. And she had the most flawless performance she's had. So, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. There is no better system out there. PTO's done an incredible job. But I think that the only way they're going to make people happy is go get the two or three athletes complaining. And you guys form a committee that sits down with Horston once a week or once every two weeks and you guys just go over the average times yeah it's so hard because he they apply really good statistical analysis looking at percentage difference based on you know between the males and the females and between first and second and trying to look at if there were results outside the norm which i almost admire the statistical side of it more than asking a pro athlete to have a punt at the course time but it still doesn't work um, so yeah, transparency would be great because what pros really want to know is what the time is pre the race, what it was changed to, etc. And then it gives them a goal to aim towards, which would be nice to see. I mean, like, like for, just just here's an example right here. Okay, Alistair Brownlee pretty much annihilated everyone at Ironman Western Australia. Great performance. He had 106 points for that performance. Lionel Sanders goes to 70.3 Los Cabos and races nobody and has 108 points for that. Yeah, they're they're quite good examples because they're old and they're not emotive at the moment and they're both athletes that are great. It's nice, that's a a nice example to use, yeah. But, 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 But that 108 Los Cabos throws Lionel in third place you take away that 108 that destroys Lionel's average and he goes to like 10th place which I'm not going to knock Lionel but I think that that would be a more accurate representation of his placing is around 10th place about where Patrick Lang's at about where Gustav Eden Braden Curry's at so yeah I don't know it's 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 pretty rough but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this. I, I don't know. I don't even see Tim Tim O'Donnell on here anymore just because he hasn't raced in a while. But I'm pretty sure Lionel got more points for 70.3 Los Cabos than Tim O'Donnell got for his second place performance at the Ironman World Championship. I would say that's a bit skewed. Uh, you're preaching to the choir. Just as an objective observer, it doesn't make sense in terms of you know the quality of the athletes because you've seen them race time and time again. It's just it's something that is kind of tarnishing the sport in a slight way for me because it's another metric of performance that we don't actually all agree with. 
and the, the individual sport doesn't need that individual sport if you win the world championships on that day you're the world champion that's why you have a world championships you know that's why there's a yeah. marathon world championships that's why there's a hundred meters world championships you know whatever individual sport it might cycling whatever whereas adding a point system to turn it into something like golf because golf doesn't have a world championships it doesn't make sense of course the pto fundamentally doesn't recognize the 70.3 world championships and kona as the pinnacle of the sport because they don't want to interact with the pto ironman world championships don't they don't you know they won't let the pto give them money it's that petty you know they don't want to have the pto help televisor events so the pto don't recognize those as being the world championships that's why we have to have this other system on the side yeah that's that's how i see it yeah yeah and 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 here's here's the final points lionel had 108 for his cabo performance and tim o'donnell for second place at ironman world championship had 104 so this is where i think if you had an athlete committee and you're like Lionel Sanders races 70.3 this week in Los Cabos. He does a great job. That's about what the points, the, the time he got is about probably around a 95, 98% oh, performance. Not- how, as soon as you start to wet finger it and just have a, have a swag at a time, we, we open it up even more to a level of debate. Who was no, on the no, committee no, 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 or so-and-so no, no, no. doesn't like so-and-so. You, you take, you, no, no, no. You take what Thorsten's thing made and then you adjust it depending on how the race unfolded. That's what I'm saying. Is you let his he, he they they make that average that average time. Their, their system think, generates that for you, and then you adjust no, I, it. I honestly think Thorsten would tell you, well, that's what they're doing already. So they come out with the time, and then they look at if the whole race performed way below that target time. So everyone equally their predicted times and the target time didn't match they change what the target time was based on weather and stuff like that but they do it statistically and they do it without transparency and they do it without athletes involved so there's probably a compromise of what you're suggesting and what thorsten's already doing somewhere but it's just too complex for us three idiots to work out on a podcast they need to go and sit in a room with the people that make the college football playoff in the usa yeah 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 yeah. the kings of sports statistics yeah god all right, we got another hot take for you coming in. Um, Joe Skipper, Racing Lake Placid, we kind of hit on that. I mean, the Mark, guy's what mental. did he tell you? What did he tell you? Uh, Joe Skipper, what's he, what's he been saying? Um, he was utterly confident he was going to win this race. He still thought he was going to win it even when he was like 13 minutes down off the bike. He said, I'm absolutely going to go and race Lake Placid if I recover well. And um, he just loves to go and race. He, and he also thinks that's still loads of time for Kona. You know, it's still 12 weeks or something. It would be 11 weeks, which most people wouldn't dream of. To someone like Joe Skipper, hey, why not? Yeah, we've covered it. I think it's great. I think it's really exciting. And then your last your last hot take we've got down is weed in sport. And I take it this is to do with the American sprinter and uh, the slight outrage by her now not racing the Olympics. Is this right? Yeah, I I don't know. It might be too taboo too soon to talk about, but I feel like... After looking at the world map of all the world that has marijuana legal, there's really only one country, and that's the U.S. Yeah, and so why so are they banning that? That's that's the hard thing on oh, well, I, trying to on, argue never... legalizing allowing weed in sport is it's nearly impossible because USA is the only country in the world that Oh, allows... no, no, don't. We've got Dutch listeners here, and they've had legal marijuana for decades, mate, <laughs> long before you. But um, 
it's difficult because is 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 it being illegal in a country really a reason to legalize it in sport? I mean, anabolic steroids and human growth hormone are illegal in Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, lots of countries. But their athletes aren't allowed to use steroids, human growth hormone. In sport. I guess the difference is, can you prove that marijuana is a performance-enhancing drug? Uh, and if it can be clearly proved that it is, then it should be banned in sport. If it's if it's just banned through historical reasons, then I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah. There was another argument that I'd read that marijuana can mask other tests. So if they're testing for cortisone or things like that, marijuana being in the bloodstream can quote unquote mask this yeah that, uh, negative this, positive test yeah there's a lot of masking drugs on the ban list like diuretics and things like that will mask steroids um i think fundamentally the issue with this this case is it was illegal she knew it was illegal she did it anyway you're a professional athlete i know there were personal circumstances behind it, it you know the rules and it's your job uh, it's i i couldn't agree with you more mark it, it, it if it says that painkillers are illegal like ibuprofen and advil and tylenol then that means oh well my leg was sore but sorry those are those are banned supplements and you can't take them you are a professional athlete it's your responsibility there's another runner uh in america that just got a five-year sentence because she missed her third um passport control test so basically she missed three of her whereabouts uh one of them was because she was celebrating a gold medal and she she didn't update, but she went out with her family. So she lost that one. Another one was she was went on a vacation to celebrate with her family after they won the gold medal. She missed that drug test. The third one was she didn't want to post about it, but she's come out now and it was because she w- went and had an abortion and was not home when they came. And so, I mean... Is, does it suck? Is it unfortunate? Yes, but I don't understand how you just... you. It's your responsibility as a professional athlete to update your passport. It's your responsibility as an athlete to follow the rules, to not take supplements. I just... You're a professional athlete. You're held, you're held to a yeah, higher level. And, and uh, the whereabouts system used to be really clunky and hard to do. I remember friends having to do it time and time again. It, it would be really awkward and the site wouldn't work and it was difficult. But Cat's obviously on it now. It's so simple. You log on, you do it. You can change it the night before if you need to. You can provide contact numbers. You know They'll be flexible as well if you're not in the house and they phone you and you're two minutes down the road, they'll wait. You know They're not, they're not trying to catch you out. They're not in a bush watching you leave. But yeah, it's a different topic. Um, drug testing is... Yeah, I mean, hey, the cyclist led the way for us. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the Tour de France, looking relatively clean at the moment. And with our 36-year-old Manx missile firing all the cylinders, the Tour's my highlight at the moment, not triathlon. Yeah, yeah. So, long story short, I've changed my view on the whole weed and sport thing just after reading a whole bunch of different articles and things like that. So... More articles people post on social media, the more articles I'm going to read, and it may or may not change people's minds by posting articles. So, guys, what's new in the world of the tri-battle? Have we got any current updates? I know we want to do a full one covering it properly, but I saw something where tickets were being sold to go and watch the, the finish line on the run. for I can <laughs> It's pay like a lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can pay $100 to go and watch these guys run past a few times. <sighs> this is seeming I like don't a know. bargain. I had, I had no idea... I had no idea that there was they were selling tickets. Uh, yeah, twenty five bucks just, more, Talbot, and you can go to the swim start as well. Genuinely, 
Can I ride my skateboard to there and crash and dislocate yeah, my shoulder again? No, uh, I I don't know. Uh, uh, it's it's gonna be an incredible event. I know that they have lots planned for the live stream. Um, I fly out uh, actually packing my bags. Had a quite passport scare. I lost my passport for about an hour and a half, but I finally found it, and so we're good to go now. <laughs> but we fly out on uh, Friday, Saturday morning, and um, we'll, we'll we'll give you guys an update when we get over there. I hear it's some pretty insane stuff. Like they've made this big ramp on the turnaround, so the athletes don't come down on speed. Uh, they can hit the ramp at like 25 miles an hour and the, tar- the the U-turn, and they lose no speed. It's almost like a velodrome ramp. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that's it. That's a pretty cool little bit. It, it, it's built for TV, but I do know one thing. Uh, Jan's, I think, is going to go for the world record. Um, they've built this course to go for the world record. Everyone's involved, all the scientists, all like the, the, the bike teams. I mean, everything is involved. Statistically, I would say Lionel has a shot at winning is about anywhere between 5 and 1% shot uh, on winning the race. So I do know that he knew his nutrition was a problem. And he finally has fixed his nutrition officially. Finally, has no, 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 no. He's fixed his nutrition finally and officially when he runs through a race cleanly, does well. Uh, and doesn't yeah, there have we go. Issues. There we That's go. Not, it can't so, decide it again. I'm not hearing 36 bottles of Gatorade and we're saying it's fixed. Come on, let's he see. Woke, it. He woke up in the middle Come of the night on. and said, Aha, I have it fixed. The fourth piece. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, you're either going to get first or you're going to get second, and uh, the worst thing he can do is get second. So yeah, it's gonna the worst be a fun thing race. he can do is get second and have his nutrition figured out. I mean, yeah, the engineer exactly. in me, the engineer in me, loves this project because it's so nerdy and it's so well thought out for a world record. And then the purest of sport in me thinks, "What is this? It's completely pointless." So I'm sort. Sometimes I'm excited when you say like a a ramp that they turn around on. I think that's just brilliantly ridiculous. And then I hear someone selling tickets to stand and watch someone start a swim. I t- I'm instantly turned off again. I'm on a roller coaster for this event. <laughs> I also hear that there's going to be like essentially lane ropes uh in the swim so they won't even need to pace uh or they won't need to sight they can just swim on the lane ropes that's just, brilliant again that's three. that's actually really quite clever as well that's a really interesting thought so better than it, Ironman it is UK, a very yeah. Ironman UK <laughs> at the weekend had uh, it's a two-lap swim and as the pros came round to start the second lap the the slowest swimmers were just entering the water you could have ran to the first turn, boy, just on the backs of the amount of people just laying in the water. It was the worst timing I've ever seen. Honestly, they, they, it was just a wall of people for a K in a straight line. You could have run to the boy just on the back of people. Oh, Mental. No. Oh, man. So a lane rope to swim off sounds bliss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be pretty cool. I I do. I will say in here, because Joe, Joe Skipper's name on the Lake Placid list Lionel's name is on there, and a lot of people had like reached out and messaged and asked me, "Is Lionel going to race Lake Placid a week after um, the tri battle?" But he put that on there just in case there was any COVID restrictions, there was any travel issues, he, he wasn't able to get into Europe or any freak accidents where he wasn't able to race on. He in these start lists, you have to marks aware you you have to put your name in a certain amount of weeks out, uh, and there, if you don't. Put your name on the list, and there's no way you can start the race, unless you're Jan Verdino. 
So yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So every every race on the pro list, there's a calendar. Anyone can go and look at them. By the way, just search Ironman Pro, and there's all the pro start lists, and you have a deadline for when you have to put the race on. And it's not standard. So some races are two, some races are three. But the more famous you are, the weirdly more flexible that date becomes. So Talbot saying unless you're Jan Frodeno is remarkably true. Just fancy it, mate. Get it cracked. Yeah. Also, too, only if you're a big name will they remove you from star list. I've never seen after a bib list was set out that an athlete was removed until I saw Daniela's name just magically appear or disappear from uh, 70.3 European Championships. So, well... That's well, about this week. That's about the end of it this week. Uh, I will update you guys next week from Germany. Uh, I'm going to be on kind of Mark's time zone at that point, hey? Yeah, you're only an hour ahead of me. We're literally across the pond for real this time. Hey, guys, can, least, we get Chelsea, but can we get Chelsea back on? I know she's busy being Chelsea's, Flora Duffy's Chelsea's training back partner. Next week. But she, she brings some class to this show that us three don't manage. So, Chelsea, if you listen to this, Flora doesn't need you. Get back on the pod. Flora doesn't need you. She's coming back next week. She Excellent. was like, she texted me and was like, "Do you guys need me this week?" I said, "Do we need you? No. Do we want you? Yes." Excellent. That's the right answer. <laughs> but in all reality, the feedback's been incredible from everyone. We love doing this show uh, weekly for you guys. Hats off to Kyle for making all the detailed notes and uh, putting down the edit. Hopefully, we can uh, build the show big enough where we can do some type of daily show from Kona and uh, interview a few athletes. So. We will keep you updated, and uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week from Germany. Cheers, guys.